0: Hi, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers Podcast. As we all know, iron ore prices have gone ballistic. They were last quoted at an all time record of more than US $200 a tonne, thanks to the seemingly insatiable demand from China at a time when shipments from Brazil, Australia's biggest competitor in the seaborne market for the key steel making raw material, continues to struggle from the impact of covid and the need for the country to get on top of deadly issues around its tailings dams so it's never been a better time to be an aussie iron ore producer the trouble for the average investor though is that you can buy bhp rio or Fortescue for iron ore exposure if you want but if it is amped up leverage exposure to the iron automatic that you want there is more joy to be had in the junior space now iron ore has prices have of course divide sceptics and now that they're more than $200 a tonne, it's given a real boost to a bunch of juniors that have either got into production or are planned to. At more than $200 a tonne, even a small operation can be massively profitable. It is into that space that today's podcast delves with Juno Minerals. The WA iron ore specialist recently demerged from Jupiter Mines in a $20 million IPO and in specie distribution of shares at 25 cents each. It will have a market cap at the issue price on debut of $50 million. Juno comes to the market as an independent company sporting ownership of the Mount Mason DSO, or Hematite Iron ore Project, and the Mount Ida Magnetite Project, both in the central Yil- Yilgarn region to so the northwest of Kalgoorlie. The projects have had the benefit of more than $50 million being spent on advancing them during the mining boom when iron ore got to more than uh, us190 190 a tonne. They were parked up when iron ore fell away, but are well and truly back in town now that iron ore has taken off again. They are also very different projects in themselves. Uh, Both uh, the first one has near-term production potential, while there's a much larger scale production um, uh, potential emerging out of the magnetite project. Now, we've got uh, Juno's Managing Director, Greg Durack with us today to fill us in on that story. Hi, Greg, welcome to the podcast and thanks for your time today.
1: Yeah uh, thanks for the introduction Barry um and uh welcome to your listeners uh to listen to Juno Mineral Story so it's a very exciting time in the iron ore space and uh for me this is unfinished business um to get these <laughs> projects going <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, I was actually Greg I was going to ask you uh, you're obviously well known in the industry but for those who don't know you well uh, tell us a bit about your professional background and what has led to Jupiter demerging uh Juno
1: yeah so i so I've been in the mining industry um you know thirty eight or probably just a little bit longer than thirty eight years now sort of chemist metallurgist by profession I've worked in small companies and large companies I've worked overseas a couple of occasions in p and g in my early days and in later days over in Greece uh with normative mining. I was in normative mining for twelve years uh, worked my way up through there and uh ended up running a couple of gold mines with them Mm -hmm. after i finished there i came back to australia and uh, worked as a managing director in a small junior company looking at developing the deflector gold copper project and also um, held a number of non-executive executive executive director roles in uh, junior companies so i've had um, a pretty wide range of experience Um, most recently probably the last uh, five years. I was involved with Pilbara Minerals as a study manager. Joined there in uh, 2015. Did the DFS um, and responsible for the metallurgy and um, process design uh, for the Pilgungura project. So that's that's gone very well. So in the last year, I've just been consulting to Pilbara and sort of finished up end of um, January um, this year. So um, as a These uh, central eulgown iron projects, you know, I've been involved with them before. I was the CEO of um, Jupiter Mines um, back from late 2006 to 2013 and uh, we, you know, as you said, Barry, we spent um, $50 million on advancing these projects and did over 100 kilometres of drilling um, and, you know, and and we got uh, Mount Mason into, you know, being fully permitted um, by the t- end of 2013 so but unfortunately the uh, iron ore price dropped and um those two projects were parked up
0: right
1: yeah. yeah so now they they come back as you say unfinished business for you yeah definitely um, so i was i was thinking about um you know, the mount mason project actually middle of last year and um i was almost going to send a text and said you should uh Get this Mount Mason project and Preank being the CEO of Jupiter Mines, but um, just so happens to be um, I was contacted in August last year and um, by Jupiter and seeing whether I wanted to throw my hat in the ring as the MD and CEO's role. And I said, "Well, that's um, a fantastic opportunity," and I sort of grabbed it with both hands. So um, as as I said, Barry, I mean, you know, the iron ore prices are good. You know, Mount Mason's are little DSO project, 6 million tonnes at 60% iron. So, but a great opportunity and great great timing, really. Um, yeah, so um, okay. been very busy.
0: <laughs> okay, Greg, uh, Mount Mason, an interesting project in itself, um, Hematite, so a nice uh, grade there, 60% plus direct shipping. I was just wondering, you to, at this stage, to give us a feel for how quickly it might be brought into production?
1: Well, yeah, so... In the background, Barry, we've been working um, very hard. I mean, I've had a couple of project guys on giving me a hand. The last five months, we've gone out expressions of interest for um, contracting packages. So a different strategy this time around. We're um, looking at a purely a contracting strategy, you know, contract contract mining, crushing, college, um, village expansion. Mm. Um, and yeah, you know, I think yeah we've got a stretch target. We think uh, we can get this uh, project into operation by Q4 this year. I mean, that is a stretch target, but certainly um, I think Q1 uh, next year. So, mm. so we, we've been very busy behind the scenes, um, and all the project tenders are going out in the next four to four to six weeks. So it's been a lot of work that's been happening parallel um, during the, the merger and IPO process.
0: Yeah, uh, and again, are you able
1: at this stage to say uh, what sort of uh, production scale you might be looking at? Well, we've got, know um, yeah, half a million tonnes right at surface, strip ratio of uh, one to one, um, and then we'll move down to main zone. But um, looking at, uh, you know, just uh, kicking off at half a million and then ramping it up to a million tonnes, you know, mm-hmm. as soon as we can. So as soon as the logistics will support those sort of production rates. So, you know, that's, that's what we're targeting. Okay. One of the
0: benefits, as I see it, is you're not out uh, way out in the eastern Pilbara there. Uh, What what is your infrastructure solution?
1: Well, the infrastructure we're looking and um, we're sort of in discussions with a major logistics supplier at the moment. So um, we're looking at um, hauling it to a rail siding um, onto the um, south of Menzies Mm -hmm. uh, and then the existing rail siding and then uh, looking at uh, hauling down to the Port Esperance. So no need to build a railway or a, a port. No, no need to build a railway or a port. So
0: um, now we've heard a lot recently about um, there being uh, difficulties in uh, projects securing, uh, you know, specialised personnel to get projects uh, up and running. How, how you? What's your read on all that?
1: Yeah, I think um, yeah that that is a major challenge, uh, particularly I think for some major well for the mining industry in general actually. So look we'll be a small lean mean operation um where I'm a hands on type person but i think um, we will be able to attract the right sort of people into our operation being a small operation uh, small team so hmm. they sort of attract a certain kind of person who want to you know be involved um so yeah get lost in their bureaucracy get lost <laughs> yeah. but uh, certainly for the uh, i think in the in the contracting space certainly um you know, road train drivers, you know, are highly sought after these days. So it's it's a, it's certainly going to be a challenge, you know, not only for us, but certainly the whole mining industry currently. But I think we'll find a way. Mm, yep. okay. Now that 6 million tonnes is a great start, but I was just
0: wondering, is there an exploration upside
1: there at all? There is an exploration upside. Um, we didn't really do a lot of exploration for DSO. Um, you know, when I was involved with Jupiter previously but certainly what you know a major objective is to get in production as quickly as uh, as we can that is going to be our sole focus um and once you know we've got cash coming in we'll start doing some exploration on our tenements for um for dso so you know we've got quite a fair bit of a land package there covering you know mount ida the type project and of course mount mason so you know there's quite a reasonable yeah. size range we can um do some more focused exploration on, for sure.
0: Get on to uh, Mount Ida in a moment, but I was just wondering, how, how do you go through the you know the internal planning process? You know, I presume you're not plugging in $210 iron ore to make the project fly. What, what do you see as a reasonable price for the project to get going and make a decent return for the company?
1: Look, I think, um, you know, there's a couple of smaller, you know, iron ore projects, you know, within our region, so... Um, we don't know what our capex and opex is going to be currently. That's where why we're going out for tenders, getting mm-hmm. hard numbered contracts. So you know the cost will all fall out of that. But I think capex would be circa twelve fifteen million. That's sort of what the feeling you know, I'll, I'll get. Um, but the opex wise, I don't think uh, it'll be a, too much different from you know the the junior um, junior companies currently putting out iron ore. Um, mm. Currently, so I think yeah, certainly with the current iron ore prices, really a decent margin. But as we all always know, they're not going to stay that that high forever. But um, but certainly we'll be looking at you know um, you know trying to minimise our costs um, so we can stay in operation when the uh, prices do ultimately drop. But yeah, mm. let's just hope they're a little bit higher for a lot longer. So, mm. um, you know, with the amount of stimulus happening in the world, uh, I'd like to think so, but uh, um, let's see. Mm. One of the
0: big difference in OPEX costs for you guys will be the rail, I guess. Um, most of the small ones are trucking some four or 500 kilometres.
1: Yeah, so our immediate, well, our plans are there'll be about a 200, just over 200 um kilometre road haul okay. and then you yeah, looking about four four 400 450 rail haul. that that is our current planning and strategy so yeah mm. so i mean obviously um yeah the longer the haul you know the more trucks you need the more drivers you need and mm. and things like that so yeah pretty keen to get on get onto that that rail mm. okay
0: now um the big one, Mount Ida, 1.85 billion tonnes of uh, magnetite. Uh, I presume it's roughly 30% FE, is it? Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: it's about 25%, 25%. Um, mm-hmm. So can be upgraded to 68% and about 2.3 tonnes. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll upgrade it to that. Um, yeah, so that's a huge project. So, um, and we're all aware of magnetite stories, past history. So West Australia is well-versed in magnetised mm-hmm. projects, but um, look, um, we don't want to um, go too big on that. As I said, our immediate focus is a DSO project, but certainly we'll be looking at Mount Ida, being the large resource it is. Um, but look at look at a smaller production profile on that project, um, you know, probably get it, you know, three to four million tonnes of concentrate range. You know, um, we certainly like what... FMG's doing up with Ironbridge. You know, that's got a, mm-hmm. uh, a modified flow sheet. You know, it's um, less capital intensive, less operating costs. So we'll certainly be sort of watching how those guys go on that um, flow sheet. But as I said, you know, um, I think we'll look at modest modest start on, on Mount Ida. That'll be the intent, you know, three to four million tonnes of concentrate, something that'll be um, manageable in a capital sense. Um, mm. For a smaller company, yeah, mm.
0: the um, with the Pilbara, you know, mining near enough to a billion tons a year. I was just wondering, the need for magnetite uh, structurally over time is that a, is, is that a happening story or?
1: Yeah, I, th- I certainly think it is. I you know, it's entering into the you know green um, steel argument. Um, you yeah, know, magnetite certainly has got its advantages. It's um, obviously a higher grade. Um, you know, in the smelting process, it's an exothermic process, mm-hmm. so you don't need as much energy to smelt it. And then, of course, there's less slag generation that it has to be disposed of. So, um, yeah, magnetite, you know, the higher grades um, will certainly be sought after products, you know, in, in the future. Mm.
0: Yeah. What's the uh, potential end product rate? Uh, 65, is it, or...?
1: The grade of our magnetite. Uh, well, mm. the test work um, that we did those, all those years ago was putting a, um, you know, putting a 68% iron mm. product. Um, but you know, that's in the ideal world, but I'd, I'd expect around 66%, you know, 67% um, mm. iron grade in the, in the real world.
0: Yep. Mm. Uh, first up, you're obviously going to uh, be pretty busy getting Mount Mason to the starting stores. How do you see Mount Ida uh, emerging over time?
1: so we'll look at um um doing a little a lot more metallurgical test work we've got existing drill core out at site so that's all been stored in our core shed <clears throat> um so yeah look at a revised flow sheet but um we'll only really start looking at that in probably in a you know 18 months time looking at that start working on that mm-hmm. um maybe earlier um yeah um we'll, we'll just see how the market goes, but. Certainly our immediate focus is getting this DSO project off the ground yeah. with minimal distractions. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that will uh, make the, the group more than self-funding and uh, give you yeah. money to do the extra work on uh, getting Mount Ides ready to go.
1: Yeah, so I think, um, you know, you know we make a decent cash margin. You know, we may even bring that forward earlier. So put a little dedicated team on that to look at that. So yeah. running in parallel. Mm -hmm. but certainly not within the first year after listing, so, Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, um, what's your your view on the iron ore market? Um,
0: Where do you see it coming from here?
1: I wish I knew, Barry. So, um, Just take a while (laughs) at (laughs) last. Look, I think it all – well, I'm by no means an iron ore expert in forecasting prices, but look, the amount of stimulus that's going on in the world – yeah, you know, I don't expect to see at this level for you know, for, you know, for a very long time. But I still see, you know, probably uh, around the one hundred and fifty mark, you know, for quite, quite, you know, probably two to three years. I'd expect so. Um, that's just my um, um, positive mm-hmm. outlook on it. So, and yeah, you know, if it is around those prices, uh, we'll do very well.
0: Yeah. Okay. Now you, you'll have a well at the issue price. You'll have a fairly decent market cap. Uh, when you compare it to some of the smaller ones out there, I just wonder what the uh, market cap will be on debut. But I was just wondering, do you see yourself at all as a, a facilitator of, uh, of uh, M&A in that iron ore space? Is there a need for uh, uh, a company like Juno to uh, take the lead and maybe amalgamate some of these smaller projects to get some scale about
1: it? Yeah, we'll see how the uh, market turns out, but certainly uh, we're... Uh you know, pretty ambitious in what we do. We'd like to obviously get other, you know, DSA projects under our umbrella um, and get them into production. Um, we, do have a, we do have a strong board. So um, Priyank Thapial, the CEO of uh, Jupiter, is, will be our, is our chairman. Um, and, of course, um, we've got good representation on the board. You know, POSCO and um, AMCI are major shareholders, and they have representation uh, with Mr. Lee and Patrick Murphy, who's a managing director of AMCI. Um, And of course, you know, Knits and Bintley, um, who's a major shareholder in, uh, in, in Jupiter, uh, more recently so, um, mm-hmm. uh, major supporting shareholders. So, you know, we've got, um, you know, really, really strong support for Juno. And- so we see a good future moving forward for sure. Yeah, it's not the average share register for a fifty million dollar company, is it? No, it's not. So, um, but you know, on the um, you know the IPO in specie distribution shares um, that all the Jupiter shareholders received in Juno shares, you know, with those three companies, that's fifty percent of those uh, register so of the distribution shares. So, so we look forward to those support, those the, the major shareholders' support going forward. So. Uh,
0: I'll just mention to listeners that at the time of talking, we did,
1: I wasn't uh, aware of what your ASX code
0: would be. Do you know what it is yet?
1: Yes, it's uh, J-N-O. Uh, J-N-O. Nice and, yeah, Nice and, nice and easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <that's>
0: true. <laughs> Alrighty, Greg. Well, uh, uh, great story. Great to see uh, another iron ore um, investment alternative emerge on the ASX, uh, particularly one with advanced projects like you've got, uh, both the new term and the uh, large scale opportunity in uh, magnetite, which will come into its own over time. So with that, I'm going to say thanks for your time today and uh, look forward to watching the company's progress in years to come. Cheers, mate.
1: Thanks very much, Barry.